on this episode of the Venus Cuckoldress podcast. Let me just say that I wish I knew six years ago what I know today. This is so crucial to understanding cuck fear, and I want all the guys to listen carefully to this episode. There's been a tremendous amount of research now that has looked at self-identified sex addicts and porn addicts and has found that kind of uh, I was right and you, Venus, hit the nail on the head, that this is really about shame. The more we fight our sexuality, the more we fight our sexual desires, oftentimes, paradoxically, the stronger they become. I try and help these guys to accept that they're a person that has these fantasies, to accept that they're a person that, you know, these sexual desires that they think they shouldn't have are a part of them. Can you love yourself for having those, 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 those aspects to your sexuality? Can you explore how, that, how those aspects might actually help you to see the world in a different way, to see masculinity in a different way, to see your life in a different way? Welcome to the Venus Cuckoldress Podcast, a place to learn all things cuckolding for the curious the passionate, and the sexually empowered woman who wants it all. Make sure you go to venuscuckoldress.com to subscribe to the podcast and check out the Venus blog. And of course, if you love it, share it. Now, sit back, make yourself comfortable, and enjoy the show with your host, Venus. Welcome to this episode of the Venus Cuckoldress Podcast. I'm your host, Venus. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today's episode is so important. Let me just say that I wish I knew six years ago what I know today. This is so crucial to understanding cuck fear, and I want all the guys to listen carefully to this episode. It's like the last piece of the puzzle when it comes to understanding what cuck fear is and why these guys act in the way that they do. So many guys. Anyway, what it all started with was an email I received from a guy who feels like he is addicted, totally addicted, out of control, obsessed with cuckolding thoughts, fantasies, desires, cuck porn, that sort of thing. And I've heard this many times over the last several years of guys saying that word addicted, feeling like they have no control, feeling like they can't help themselves, but keep coming back. And I never really understood what this was all about. Like, I know there, the appeal of this lifestyle is so hot. And if you feel, if it turns you on immensely, then it is, I feel like wonderful. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. Anyway, so I did, I've never really understood this. I know that all cucks seem to go through this kind of like, 
emotional, mental battle of not really feeling okay with being into this. And on the other side of that, accepting that it is okay and it's part of who they are. I know all cucks go through this, so but I don't know what it's like. So I really wanted to understand what was going on in the mind of a cuck when it comes to this kind of internal mental battle. So I invited Dr. David Lay to help me understand kind of what's going on and what we can do, what men can do to make these thoughts and desires a more positive part of their life and of who they are. Now, before we get started, I just want to say that I have posted some really important links in the show notes. So if you, after this episode, want to go and check out those links, that would be great. Also, you can go to the recommended resources page on venuscuckoldress.com. I'll post them there as well. All right, let's get started. Let's dive right in. This is my interview with Dr. David Lay. Here we go. Joining me on the show today is a very special guest that I'm so excited to have. It's Dr. Lay. He is a clinical psychologist, sex therapist, and author based in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He's the author of several books and research articles on sexuality, including his first book, Insatiable Wives, Women Who Stray and the Men Who Love Them, which was the first book to examine the cuckolding and hot wife phenomenon. With Justin Lay Miller and Dan Savage, he published the first psychological study of the cuckold fantasy. Dr. Lay is a frequent guest in media around the world with appearances in the New York Times, CNN, and Time Magazine, as well as Hustler and Playboy magazines. So welcome and thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for thanks for having me. Thanks for, you know, talking about um important, nuanced stuff that not a lot of people are talking about. Yes, absolutely. I am so excited to get into this today. First, though, I want to say I am a huge fan of your book, Insatiable Wives. I have been talking about this book for so long now. I was started reading, I think it was about a year ago, and I just absolutely love it. I love how deep you went into female sexuality. It was so fascinating to me and all of the history behind it. I feel like it was such a wonderful portrayal of female sexuality and cuckolding as far as like highlighting real couples in the lifestyle. And so I just wanted to say I love your book and I really do feel like all the husbands out there who are not quite sure how to bring this up with their wife, just buy her the book. <laughs> it's a great start. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's lovely to hear. I, I, certainly, if you're if you're going to go into exploring female sexuality, you you know go go deep or go home, right? Yes, absolutely. I learned so much it, in that it, book. Well, thank you. It's funny to me that that. Um, I mean, it's gratifying. It's funny that that book. Um, you know, I published that in 2009, and um, you know, it's hard to believe that's that's 12 years ago, but. Um, it, it's pretty cool that it is still relevant. And then, you know, we've still got folks like Jerry Falwell Jr. Um, out there who keep making it relevant and, <laughs> and keep, you know, keep, 
keep getting these issues in the news. So I, I would say, and I say this, you know, when I when I talk about that book, the it was it it, it was a labor of love, and in, in a lot of ways, it was a, it was a very interesting exploration. Um, I ended up writing it because literally nothing had been written about you know this lifestyle, um, uh, female focused non monogamy um, uh, in the literature prior. And when I first encountered some couples who were living the um, basically either hot wife or, or cuckold lifestyle, my initial clinical response was to assume that, you know, it, it must be unhealthy. But luckily, these first couples I met were, were remarkably healthy with decades-long marriages, incredible communication skills, really successful um, in lots of ways. And, and so it forced me as a clinician to realize that I had allowed, you know, bias around monogamy, female sexuality, promiscuity to intrude into my clinical thinking without me noticing. Mm -hmm. And then as I, as I dove in and, and as I've spent the last 10 years, you know, working on these issues, um, it has become a big part of my career now to advocate against that, um, the, the intrusion basically of sexual morality into clinical practice at a, at a broader level. Um, you know, and I'm lucky now I get to do trainings around the world, um, and supervise therapists, um, who are becoming sex therapists and, and learning these, these issues so that they don't make the same mistake I did. Right. And is there going to be a sequel to the book? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, interestingly, I mean, I, I've been kind of noodling on that, but it, it, there's not a lot of payoff for books, unfortunately. Um, I what I what I would love to see is greater exploration of the motives of uh the wives um the the research we've done so far um uh, the exploration that I did in that book um you know a lot of it has been focused on the male motives yeah. um and i i would the interestingly uh you know when i wrote that book uh, you know a dozen years ago most of the cuckold and the hot wife uh couples were engaging in these behaviors because um, it was the husband's fantasy. It's only been in the past, I'd say less than five years, that I've started hearing and seeing more women now identifying that they are spontaneously kind of interested in this without it, you know, coming from the husband. I think that's extraordinary. Mm -hmm. I think it reflects, you know, such a cool transition um, around female sexuality and female independence. Um, and and I'd love to hear and see more people talking about uh, about that, whether it's whether it's podcast or YouTube interviews or or a book. Right. I love that you brought that up because I agree. There's really not much out there when it comes to the female side of cuckolding. So I'm <laughs> coming from me. I'm like, there needs to be more out there. So I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up. Speaking of research, um, the research study you did with Justin Lay Miller and Dan Savage, that was so cool. Um, what did it show as far as how many men and women are actually fantasizing about cuckolding. Hey guys, guess what? I have found something pretty amazing 
It is a natural way for you to get better erection strength, quality, and firmness, all things I know you want. And it also gives you better performance and stamina in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And as a bonus, it benefits your overall cardiovascular and sexual health. It's called Joy Mode. And I love the name. It's a sexual performance booster, and it's made with science-backed ingredients. It's like a pre-workout supplement, but for the bedroom. So whether you're amping up the heat with the wife in the bedroom or you're going for gold (laughs) in a marathon session at a hotel takeover event, this supplement has to be part of your routine, part of the checklist. You can learn more and order yours at usejoymode.com. And if you enter the code VENUS, you get 20% off. So that's usejoymode.com. Go ahead, get yours. Thank me later. Well, uh, just to clarify a little bit. So um, the study that Justin, Dan, and I did was actually about cuckolding in gay males um, because it's kind of a funny story that you know, Dan in his Savage Love, um, you know, advice column for years, he has gotten, you know, regular letters and requests from uh, folks that are fans of the cuckold uh, lifestyle. And so much so that he even like got fed up with it and frustrated (laughs) and said, you know, I almost don't care if I never get another letter from a cuckold. Um, And then Um, at some point he said, this was, uh, prior to 2015, at some point he said, there's no such thing as gay male cuckolding because gay men don't, um, you know, gay men love to watch their husbands with other men. Um, it's not a taboo like it is in heterosexual monogamy. And he said, he said, it's the taboo. It is the fact that it's naughty and you're not supposed to do it. That makes it really exciting. He said, so gay men aren't going to, aren't going to do this thing. And then all of a sudden he started getting these, um, these emails and, and, and letters from, uh, gay men who love to be cuckolded by their husbands. And he, he, he's a friend of mine and, and he, he reached out to me and he said, this is, this is kind of weird. And he said, do you think it has anything to do with gay marriage? Because at that point, you know, the Supreme Court had just legalized gay marriage and, 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 and I got all excited and I was like, Hey, let's, let's do a research study on it. And, and Dan said, well, I've never done a research study. And I said, yay, I get to pop Dan Savage's cherry. <laughs> and he said, I didn't know I had any more cherries to pop. <laughs> so we, we reached out to Justin who, you know, is another good friend and an excellent researcher. And we ended up running this this neat study that looked at looked at you know whether gay men were engaging in cuckolding. We looked at whether it had anything to do with the Supreme Court legalization of marriage equality decision. It didn't. But what we did find was similar to what we have found in in heterosexual couples that pursue cuckolding was that it these fantasies come from a variety of sources. We can talk about about that um, whether it's sensation seeking or voyeurism or submissiveness. Um, we found that it is typically a pretty healthy thing for couples that most couples that engage in, in, in cuckolding, uh, whether, whether they are gay or, or straight reported as a pretty positive experience. 
Um, the, the interesting thing about that study in particular was that it went, um, it went viral on CNN and then Fox news, um, because CNN covered the study because we said, Hey, cuckolding looks like it can be positive for some couples. And then Fox news flipped out and the right wing kind of flipped out and they, they called CNN, uh, cuckolding cuckold news network for a few days which is pretty clever actually um and dan and justin and i were getting trolled on fox news like crazy um with there's even there's even like a clip of tucker carlson um acting like he doesn't know how to say the word cuckold and um which you know of course turns out to be ridiculous when we find out how many um, right-wing conservative politician um, types uh, are into this, and um, yeah. the so anyway, it it was an interesting it was an interesting experience. It was it was again it was it was wild to see you know my book um, you know uh, this this kind of you know I won't say it's a stodgy academic book, but that was kind of the intent. Um, uh, getting all of this kind of national news and being part of this this dialogue. Um, however, you asked a question, and I will circle back and answer it, which is that um, Justin, uh, in his book, Tell Me What You Want, um, talks about the popularity of the cuckold fantasy. And he found that uh, around 45% of men um, appear report that they have fantasized about watching their female partner um, have sex with other people. Um, it is re- uh, reported much less frequently, maybe 10 to 20 percent um, uh, by females. However, what 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 is interesting is that. Um, Many men fantasize about watching their partner, and actually many women fantasize about being watched by their partner. Ah. Um, more, Many more women fantasize about being, being watched by their partner than fantasize about watching their partner with other, with other people. Right. Okay. So it's, a, it's kind of a match made in heaven for, <laughs> um, for, for folks that can make it work, right? Yeah. Huh. Well, I find that totally fascinating. I'm not all that surprised to hear that women are are fantasizing about being watched. Um, from the women who I've spoken to, many have said, I love being watched or I like to be the center of attention. And I feel like women who are in swinger relationships, same thing. They do like that part of it. So I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not all that surprised about that. But hmm. Fascinating. So can we expect any more research coming out, uh, research studies coming out about cuckolding? Have you heard anything coming down the pipe? Um, Probably. Um, I think that uh, certainly I know I have heard from a few researchers that uh, were interested in our findings um, that are exploring um, whether they can uh, sort of take them further, you know, whether they can explore um, at some deeper levels. I was talking with one researcher the other day um, in Australia who's interested in in pursuing Hmm. some exploration of it and a researcher um, here in the States that was, was questioning whether, um, 
what's called body dysmorphic disorder um, uh, in men, basically concerns about their uh, their body and particularly their penis um, might motivate um, interest in in cuckolding. Uh, which, funnily enough, I was talking to a, a cuckold couple yesterday. Actually, you know, kind of a wannabe cuckold couple, and um, the husband has a has a small penis, and he's really really interested in seeing his wife with a larger penis. Interestingly, that is, um, that's one of the things that, that came up in the, um, in the, in the gay cuckold study, um, at a fascinating level in that the most gay men were not really kind of size queens, right? They, they, they were not particularly interested in, you know, the size of the penis of the man that they got to watch their partner with. However, the more bisexual a man was, um, in other words, if he had a history of, of sex with women and, and identifying as not exclusively homosexual, those guys were, they were very, very interested in, you know, seeing their partner with a big penis. And so it, 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 it is interesting that in cuckold couples, oftentimes the man is much more interested in, um, you know, size queen kind of stuff, finding finding a bull or a partner for that, for, for his wife um, that is more well endowed than he is, and and I think that that brings up just all these interesting kind of. Um, layers about the motivations, whether the oftentimes in my experience, these guys have some um, some kind of unacknowledged or unexpressed bisexuality, and they're using their wife uh, as kind of a vehicle to um, engage sexually with another man um, in a way they can't really accept. Uh, certainly forced bisexuality is oftentimes a part of these kinds of dominant uh, dynamics. Yes. And that, you know, forcing the forcing the guy over the hump so to speak, um, uh, to embrace the kind of sexuality that he fantasizes about, but can't really let himself do. Um, I, 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 that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of get all excited and geek out about understanding these complex motivations and these complex dynamics that people come up with to explore, the sexual desires they've always had, but felt like they're not supposed to have. Yes. Um, I, that is just so engaging. So interesting. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's kind of why I reached out to you uh, for this episode is because I, I got an email from a listener and I've had, I've had guys come, like I come up to me and talk to me about this so much over the years. But I got this email from this guy who said, um, I'm a cuck and I feel like I'm addicted to cuckold porn. I feel like I can't stop. I have no control over it. Um, you know, what can I do? <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I have come across this so much. And so I'm hoping that you can under help me to understand like what's really going on in a cuck's mind because I'll give mm-hmm. you some backstory years ago when I was first introduced into this lifestyle about six years ago I found out about it immediately fell in love with it and I was just like oh my god this is what I've always 
wanted. I just didn't even know it existed. I was so happy. I was so relieved. I was completely like thrilled about it. But what took me years to understand was that um, a lot of times, cucks, when they realize that they're into this fantasy, they go through this kind of like mental tug of war of shame and acceptance um, that causes them to have like just horrible negative kind of behaviors. It literally took me years to figure this out that it's, Mm -hmm. they act this way because they have this huge amount of shame behind this fantasy that they are so that turns them on so much. So like, I didn't know what was going on. I could just see that these guys were just ghosting and retreating constantly like all of them and then they would return <laughs> like i'm right. like what's going on here or they would say like they're f- they feel addicted to to cuck porn or addicted to going online and in these chat rooms and fantasizing about all of this stuff and they literally have said to me i've i'm tr- i've tried to quit every time i come back and they just feel defeated they just feel like this like self-hatred over it. And also I've mm-hmm. noticed like a lot of married men who are online pretending to be single, who are there to, as it's their outlet to sort of fantasize w- about their cuckolding fantasies w- with women online. There's just so many of them. <laughs> so as a psychologist and a sex therapist, I'm hoping that you can shed some light on these behaviors. Like what is really going on here? Hey, did you know that there's a one of a kind matchmaking service for cuckolding and female led relationships? Venus Connections is a private service for single men and single women who want a loving, cuckolding relationship. And now there's a new separate FLR program too. There's no scrolling through profiles or sharing photos with members. It's totally private. And the dates are blind dates too. Included in the program is a three-week course and an interview with me. So join now at venusconnections.com and use the code TOPTIER2024 for 40% off the top 1% membership. That's venusconnections.com. Make 2024 the year that you get the relationship of your dreams. Yeah, yeah, I, I, got, I got you here. So, so you know, funnily enough, um, uh, in, in Insatiable Lives, um, if you remember, there was this one tale of a guy, I think I called him Jamie. I can't remember. And he, he had had three different marriages blow up because he, um, was just really obsessively interested in seeing his wife with, with, with other men, particularly black men. And, um, the wives would kind of try it or, um, say, no, I'm not into it. And he was just really, really obsessed with it. And, um, and I said in the book, just kind of really in passing, I said, yeah, you know, it'd be easy to diagnose this guy as a sex addict, but I don't believe in sex addiction. Mm-hmm. And the, the really interesting thing was that, um, 
that one comment ended up getting more media um, back uh, in 2009 when I published the book than the exploration of non-monogamy or female sexuality. A lot of people were really interested that here I am, a clinical psychologist, saying, yeah, sex addiction is not real because at the time and still today, there are a lot of people who, who believe pretty deeply that they're addicted to sex. And so I ended up writing a second book called The Myth of Sex Addiction, where, you know, I, I spent a year and a half really diving into the literature, the treatment of, of, of sex addiction, looking at this model and uh, and publishing, you know, a book that, that said, you know, this is this is about morality. Well, in the interest, interestingly, over the past few years, there's been a tremendous amount of research now that has looked at self-identified sex addicts and porn addicts and has found that kind of uh, I was right and you, Venus, hit the nail on the head, that this is really about shame, that the the people who identify as as being addicted to sex people who report that they are really, really struggling to control their sexual behaviors, unless they have a major mental health disorder, such as obsessive compulsive disorder or bipolar disorder, and they're engaging in these behaviors during manic episodes, in most cases, the behaviors that they are struggling to control are these sexual desires or fantasies that they have that they are deeply ashamed of. And we see this really heavily in folks coming out of religious backgrounds where they, um, for instance, like the, the, the shooting a couple of weeks ago in Atlanta at the, at the, at the massage parlors, it turns out the guy was in sex addiction treatment, grew up in a highly religious home, and had been going to, you know, massage parlors for, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, back rubs with a happy ending kind of stuff. But he felt deeply ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing is that the greater the level of shame you have around a sexual desire, the less self-control people actually seem to feel regarding it. The more you hate yourself for having a sexual desire or fantasy that you feel like you shouldn't have, the greater difficulty you have controlling it and making it go away. Because the more we fight our sexuality, the more we fight our sexual desires, Oftentimes, paradoxically, the stronger they become. There was this interesting um, research study in, in Israel by a guy named Yane Vefrati who looked at this, and, and he showed that the more people worked to not think about masturbation, the more they thought about masturbation. <laughs> Surprise. Right? <laughs> yeah. The, you know, the, and the, the the more you hate yourself for having these fantasies, the more powerful those fantasies become. And that, I think, is really at root of why the cuckold fantasy can feel so addictive for these guys, because it's not that it is an addiction, but I understand how the feeling that it is so enticing and that you can't control it. Um, can become so engaging, so rapturous when you fight it 
And then when you dive into it, um, it's a big relief. And then afterwards, you feel guilty and ashamed because, you know, you were trying not to go there. And it becomes this, this spiral. And it's a shame spiral. We engage in behavior that makes us feel better, and then we shame ourselves and hate ourselves, and then we feel bad, and then we engage in that behavior again to make us feel better. Um, the One of the things that's really, really interesting, actually, in that research study with, with Justin and Dan, we, we, we looked at the popularity of cuckolding and cuckold fantasy um, online uh, in a couple of different ways. We, we, we got data from... Pornhub, and we we looked at the rising popularity of of the cuckold fantasy. We also though looked at Google Trends, and what's really interesting is that um, searches for cuckold porn, searches for cuckolding and cuckold fantasy, are higher in countries and regions with more um, more traditional ideas of masculinity. You know where macho. Um, is is the name of the game. So Italy, interestingly, is per capita the highest country in the world for cuckold fantasies. Huh. Wow! And it and and it's because when we are told, you know, a real man can satisfy his wife and doesn't need other man. A real man's wife would never cheat on him. A real man is only interested in, you know, women. And, and you know, all of these, those messages are really deeply embedded in a lot of cultures. And it is those messages that covertly energize the cuckold fantasy because it makes it more and more naughty. It makes it, it makes it a chance when you, when you engage in that fantasy, these guys can escape momentarily from the burden of being the man that they're supposed, that they've been told they're supposed to be. Oh, that's, that, that makes such sense. (laughs) Wow. And and that feels that it, it, it it's like a it's like a relief. Now we see the same thing in uh, BDSM, but bondage and discipline, sort of masochism kind of stuff. That men uh, or individual many individuals will seek out being a submissive um, uh, in those experiences, so that they can escape from the burden of kind of maintaining their identity and their personality integrity and being in charge. Yeah. Right. You can give up being in charge. I see the same thing. And a lot of cuckold men that it is a, it's a chance to kind of give up being in charge, being in charge of satisfying your wife, um, being in charge of getting an erection, being in charge of having a big enough penis, being in charge of being a good enough lover. And I think it's one reason, there are multiple reasons why I think the cuckolding fantasy is popular, but one of them is for guys is that it is this kind of opportunity to sort of sit back and relax and let the experience just kind of happen without you having to do the work. Absolutely. You know, it's so funny. I have had guys tell me so many times that 
they love being a cuck because it does kind of lift the burden off of their shoulders. They don't have to feel like they need to be everything sexually for their wife. They're like, it's a great feeling to not have that pressure. (laughs) And it makes complete sense. And I can totally understand that part of it. And, and, And then I think that that feeds some of the feeling of kind of, uh, you know, uh, um, addiction where, where the fantasy can be so compelling, particularly for these guys who are um, in charge um, in, in, in so many aspects of the rest of their life. Um, it, it, this can be an enormous kind of mental vacation. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, I, I watched that video, The Masculinity Paradox, that you did. I loved it. And you talked a little bit just now about when you are trying to fight those kind of desires and thoughts that just makes them stronger, um, right. which t- makes perfect sense. But what can these guys do in order to sort of have more healthy behaviors instead of all of these kind of negative behaviors and this crushing level of shame that they have? Well, I mean, they can, you know, pay me $250 an hour to do (laughs) therapy with them to help them with this issue. Um, Of course, Um, they, uh, you know, good cognitive behavioral therapy is really one of the best strategies here. And um, the, it, it, it kind of circling back, it, it's one of the things that I think my field really needs to change, that many, many therapists um, don't have training around sexuality, don't, um, uh, they, they judge it the same way I did when I, when I first you know, encountered these issues and wrote, wrote my first book. And because there's so much shame and stigma, Many guys who are struggling with these issues are not going to tell a therapist, you know, that they are struggling with these with these fantasies or desires. And yeah, they wouldn't even tell me. (laughs) They didn't even tell me. It took me years to figure it out on my own. (laughs) Right. So, you know, I had I had one guy, um, actually a friend of mine, personal friend who came to me and he knew what I do. And, and, And that is kind of the fun thing is now that now that my books are out there and my name is out there, you know. I mean, people, people will tell me all kinds of stuff out of the blue. I mean, I, 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 I've, I've gotten emails from just kind of some pretty famous people telling me, wow, I feel like I can tell you this <laughs> and cool, you know, but this one buddy of mine said, you know, that he was really finding himself just filled with these ruminative thoughts, obsessive, intrusive thoughts about his wife's sexual history. And he was struggling with, you know, was he angry about it? Was he obsessed about it? Was he turned on by it? It was all mixed up. And so I sent him to, you know, a very traditional cognitive behavioral therapist and cognitive behavioral therapists really treat our thoughts and our feelings as a behavior. And so, for instance, one of the things that we know is that it's actually pretty hard to stop yourself from doing something you've been doing. But we as humans are better at starting to do something rather than stopping. So for the, the therapist would help him 
start identifying things to do to keep his mind busy, right? To fill his mind up to prevent those thoughts coming in. Secondly, he taught him thought switching strategies, which is when that thought pops up and you don't want to think about it, you don't fight yourself or hate yourself or try to push the thought down. Instead, you have a plan to think about something else. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, if, if this intrusive, you know, thought of cuckolding, you know, kind of comes into my head, A, it's maybe a message that you are stressed out and that that fantasy is a momentary escape from the stuff that is stressing you out. So that's a message that you need to do some work to manage your stress, to have some anxiety management coping strategies. Maybe you play Sudoku, maybe you take a walk, maybe you read about golfing if you're into golf, whatever. You Instead of fighting the thought, you switch. The third thing is that we schedule thoughts about um, uh, this cuckolding fantasy. Because again, we actually are pretty good at delaying things. We're better at delaying things. Procrastination, for the love of God. <laughs> We're, so, so instead of telling yourself, I'm not going to think about that, what if you just procrastinate on thinking about it? So what I tell people is to, to, to when that thought comes into your head, tell yourself, I'm not going to think about that right now. I'm going to think about it at nine o'clock tonight because I have a schedule that for at nine o'clock, I spend 10 minutes or 20 minutes just thinking about that fantasy. So we delay it. These kinds of strategies, um, they work when we start removing kind of a lot of the energy around fighting these thoughts and and we just start treating them like a normal part of ourselves. And that's the last thing is that people who have more compassion for themselves and for their sexuality have greater levels of self-control. They are less likely to view those sexual desires or fantasies as an addiction or something that they have to fight Instead, so the last thing is I I try and help these guys to accept that they're a person that has these fantasies, to accept that they're a person that, you know, these sexual desires that they think they shouldn't have are a part of them. Can you love yourself for having those, 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 those aspects to your sexuality? Can you explore how that how those aspects might actually help you to see the world in a different way, to see masculinity in a different way, to yes. see your wife in a different way? Yes. <laughs> oh, and and the yeah. more yeah, the more we accept those aspects of herself, the more we integrate them. Uh, and and in that in that video you mentioned, I you know I talked about the concept of sexual integrity, where we recognize and accept these these sexual aspects of ourselves that we try to hide from. And now we try to live a life of integrity where we try now to find ethical, conscious ways to integrate that sexuality into our lives. Mm-hmm. The difficulty is that, you know, of course, these these sexual desires and cuckolding, you know, fantasy has been so shamed and stigmatized, but 
you know, the the interesting thing is, I mean, the 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 popularity of of this fantasy, you know, in pornography has dramatically increased. Lots of people now are recognizing it's popular. You know, the the scandals with you know, Jerry Falwell Jr. or Paul Manafort or or any of these folks who are getting exposed as as being into wife sharing or wife watching or cuckolding or whatever is increasing the the dialogue that, hey, a lot of people are into this. Maybe there's nothing wrong with it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and maybe there's nothing wrong with you. I mean, I, that's what I have been trying yeah. to say for so long now is like, there's for, to these cucks who just have this enormous amount of shame, like there's really nothing wrong with you. It's just a part of your sexual being. It's the part of who you are. And, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful. There's women out there who think it's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> so Yeah. It, it's interesting. You know, the analogy I make often is that, you know, different people have different um, foods or tastes that they like. You know, I like salty foods. My wife loves sweet foods. Um, we don't beat each other up for having a taste that is different than other people. And we also don't try to make them change it or hate themselves for having a a kind of taste profile that is that is that is that is different. But sexuality, here's the I mean, here's the dirty little secret is that we really at this point have little to no idea why and how people end up with the sexual fantasies and the sexual arousals that they have. We think it is, you know, a complicated mix of biological predispositions kind of early uh, experiences of what is kind of allowed in society, and then a learning history of being exposed to um, or repeatedly exposing ourselves to satisfaction as we engage in that fantasy, and it helps us achieve orgasm, so we do it again. Mm -hmm. So it's a complicated mix of all three of these things. We think... But we don't really know how it starts or why one person ends up with a certain fantasy and another one doesn't, which is which is why we shouldn't be so ashamed <laughs> of these of these sexual fantasies, because it's not like you chose them. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's not like you just kind of, you know, woke up one day and were like, ooh, I think I'm going to be into this for the rest of my life. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I it, it, I was treating this one guy and and he said to me he's um I'll never forget he said you know I never knew that I had an angel and demon fantasy until I was one time watching porn and the actors were dressed up as an angel and demon and and, and fucking each other and he said quote I had the best nut of my life <laughs> and ever since then that fantasy has been his go-to. Yeah. <laughs> Can't really just like yeah. control it. Uh, it's, uh, all of a sudden you have a reaction to something that's overwhelming and, and it's just like, yeah. whoa. And there you go. <laughs> You're into something. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> just the way it is. Which is an opportunity. Yeah, it's an opportunity then to, you know, it's, to learn about ourselves. It's this constant 
it's this constant buffet of self exploration, <laughs> finding out, wow, okay, that 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 really kind of turned me on. Um, the the hard thing is that again, when when there are these moral prohibitions, um, and moral prohibitions around this stuff are not just sex, or are not just religion. To be clear, that um, the uh, you know the the man who shames himself for a cuckold fantasy because he's supposed to be a real man. Um, the, the there's actually a lot of um, moral prohibition in modern gender politics where, um, you know, I, I treated this one guy who um, uh, his, he, he had been raised by, you know, really feminist parents. He was a, had a lot of really strong feminist values, very egalitarian. And yet the thing that turned him on the most was the, the fantasy of, you know, kind of face fucking a girl until, you know, tears were pouring down her face. And he said that that turns me on so much, but it makes me hate myself because I feel like I'm, I must be a rapist and a bad man mm -hmm. for having that fantasy. And I said, well, maybe, but if you act on that without consent, then yeah, that's not, that's not good. But what if you hooked up with one of the many millions of women out there who also think that is really sexy yeah. <laughs> and they consent to it. Yeah. And, and, and again, it's that, it's that self-hatred, that self-loathing. When I meet somebody who says to me, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm addicted to a certain kind of sex. What I interpret in my brain is, oh, they are deeply afraid and ashamed of the sexual desires they have. They feel like they shouldn't have those. Yeah. That's where we get to do the work. Absolutely. And I, I've learned so much during this conversation. I love how you said, how you explained that fighting these feelings and desires is going to make things worse, not easier. Um, but also that the best thing that these guys can do for themselves is to seek out professional help to work through it to make their life a little bit better in in that department. So I, I totally appreciate that. But where can people go if they want to seek out a really good professional to help them? Um, well, don't go <laughs> to sex addiction therapist, whatever you do, <laughs> because um, the sex addiction therapist really, uh, most of them are religious, um, and they're going to encourage you to fight yourself. They're going to encourage you to try to be abstinent, to resist those urges. Instead, look for therapists who are sex therapists. Look, you can go to the um, a group called ASEC, A-A-S-E-C-T. Um, they're the American uh, Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. And um, they certify sex therapists like myself. If you see somebody that is a certified sex therapist, they're more likely to, you know, have um, a breadth of understanding of the diversity of sexuality and the recognition that shaming sexuality makes it worse. Right. You can also find therapists through uh, the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. Um, they have a, a listing called Kink Aware Professionals. Um, those therapists also are going to be... <clears throat> 
more likely to understand, you know, these these issues. Lastly, because um, I know that not everybody has access to some of these therapists. If you can find therapists who are comfortable working with LGBT issues, um, particularly, you know, gay males um, therapists, they are going to be really good at helping you to stop shaming yourself right. and figure out how to how to accept this sexuality as a part of yourself and now figure out how to make conscious choices about how to, how to, how to incorporate that in your life or not. Oh, very good advice. Thank you so much. I will post those links in the show notes. If people want Perfect. to learn more about you and the services that you have and the research that you've done, where can they go to find that information? Uh, by the website, uh, you know, davidlayphd.com. Um, just note that lay, um, you know, it sounds like getting laid, but it's actually spelled L-E-Y. Um, with, you know, with last name Lay, I, I really only had the option of becoming a sex therapist, clearly. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, you know, and then Twitter, uh, lots, of, lots of good stuff and bad stuff is happening on Twitter these days. But folks can find me and follow me on Twitter and, and see what's happening for me and, and connect with me there oftentimes. Fantastic. Okay, I'll put those links in there as well. Thank you so much for joining me today, David. I really appreciate everything that you had to say. It really was fascinating for me. So thank you so much. Thank you, Venus. This was a great conversation. I'm, I'm happy for the invite. I know you have a lot of very devoted followers. And after talking to you today, I understand why. Oh, thank you. Wow, that was such an interesting episode for me. I learned so, so much. Uh, that's it for today's episode. Make sure you go to venuscuckoldress.com to subscribe to the podcast. Also, if you have a question or comment about today's episode or about cuckolding in general, you can go to venuscuckoldress.com, click on the tab that says Ask Venus. You can also follow me on Twitter at V. I'm on there pretty much every day posting things that I feel like you might like. And if you're a Patreon supporter of the podcast, you get your own mini episode every single week on Wednesday that's published on Patreon. So if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Venus Cuckoldress. That's it for today. And we'll see you next time. Can you believe it's been four years since I first started this podcast? And looking back, I had no idea that this would be my full-time job. I love the work that I do. And it's because of you, the listeners, and your support that I'm able to do this. So right now, if you join the Helpful Cuck tier, you get tons of benefits. My favorite ones are the private one-to-one -one chat every month. You also get access to my private Snapchat group. Weekly live hangouts with me on Crowdcast. I love those. And you get juicy bonus episodes. There's key holding. There's video replays of the Pillow Talk events. And there's also access to my private community on the Moan app. So join right now. You can use the promo code CUCKLOVE 
2024 for 15% off your Helpful Cuck membership at venuscuckoldress.com.